Well, good morning. Welcome to Belong Church. I'm so glad that you're with us. And I enjoyed this bumper video. It really kind of paints the picture in such a great way of what we have in store for us this morning. And before I get in my message, I just kind of want to give you the heads up. I've talked about it a little bit a few weeks ago that we're almost to 21 days of prayer. Now, we do this twice a year because as the different seasons of the year start, and usually this is the time where we go back to school in the beginning of August, and it's just a, t- a great time to hit reset. But how many of you know we don't know what's going on with school, but it's a great time to still pray and have a reset, and hopefully all of this virus and quarantine and all that stuff's going to go away. But in January, we do it, and in August, we do it. But in January, we fast, but in August, we just pray. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty happy that we're not going to be fasting. So Pastor Chris says we're going to pray and feast, so we get to still eat during this time. But that is going to start on August the 2nd. And it runs through the 22nd. So there's 21 days. And what, how it works is we will go live at 6 a.m. weekdays. And you'll be able to see us. And you'll be able to join right in here. We'll give you more information in the next week or two. But you'll go right to where the same place you go now. You'll just be able to go straight there. And you'll see us live. And it, you may say, how could I pray at 6 a.m. for one hour? But let me tell you, it goes by really, really fast. And I know many people will have it on while they're getting ready, maybe while they're cooking breakfast, brushing your teeth, you know, and, and there's just a short message just to kind of set our focus. And then there is a time of, of direction, and then there's a time for us to pray, and there's prayer guides, and, and then we come together and pray together as a, as a, all together as one, and it works really, really well. So... I want to encourage you, maybe you've never done it before, and I would encourage you to step out and say, okay, this is the year. Now, there's no condemnation, so if you can do it one day and you miss the next day, hey, there's no big deal, and the video will be up there for 24 hours, so until the next morning, it'll be up there, and then it'll expire, and then we'll go into the next one. If you missed it, you missed it, it's no big deal, but we'd love to have you take this journey with us. Well, this past week was Lenore and Mai's 27th wedding anniversary, and we renewed our vows two years ago, and we invited a lot of people in the area, and it's just so awesome, and I'm just pretty excited that she decided to renew my lease, and that I get another year, and she's going to try and put up with me a little bit longer. So anyway, but I, I just wanted you guys to know that, and I love this woman, and she's very much a part of me. Well, if you will, turn in your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 18, and we're going to start looking at verse 23. And this is a parable that Jesus is given to, and you'll see in a minute what it is response to. But Jesus is painting this picture, and, and there's a lot of scriptures here. I'm going to go through it really quickly. It's going to be on the screen behind me. You can follow along with me, but I just want you to kind of, I want to paint the picture and tell the story. Starting in verse 23, the kingdom of heaven, this is Jesus speaking, is like a king who wanted to collect all the money his servants owed him. So in other words, he had given loans out, and all of a sudden he decided he's calling all those loans in. Verse 24, and as the king began to do it, a man who owed him, look at this, 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Now, can you imagine? I mean, I can't even imagine how much one bag of gold was worth, and he owed him 10,000 
bags of gold. And maybe he was like, you know, many of us in, in having businesses that we, it requires us to, to kind of get a loan to get started. I know for me, to my transportation business, I recently had to jump into a new vehicle and, and you know, it, it's a requirement. And all of a sudden, if somebody says, you got to pay it all back, it would be like, oh my gosh, th- there's just no way. It, it could be such a struggle. Here this man owed the king in the parable Jesus is telling, 10,000 bags of gold. Now, obviously, he had business and, and enough um, industry going on well enough that he needed that for his business or his, his livelihood, but to turn around and pay that back would be just this uh, un- unreasonable, and it's just not possible for him to do that. You can't even fathom that. Continuing on, we find verse 25, the man was not able to pay. So his master gave an order that the man, his wife, his children, and all that he owned had to be sold to pay back what he owed. Now, you're reading the same thing I'm reading, but I want to put some little um, conjecture in this and kind of presuppose some things in this. Now, if he's being called on to say, you've got to pay it back right now, here's everything. I want to tell you, I believe he probably cleaned out all of his bank accounts. He wrote everything. He took everything out of his savings. He cleaned out his safe. He's went in and they're like, okay, this is all I've got. I think you gave him every single penny back. And then the order was still given that he would have to take everything he had to be sold. So he's going to be left destitute with actual liquid cash, I mean, things that he could have. Verse 26, the servant fell on his knees in front of him. Give me time, he begged. I'll pay everything back. In other words, hey, man, this is part of the business. I'll, I'll get it back to you, but I just can't do it right now. Uh, give me time. Verse 27, his master felt sorry for him, and he forgave him what he owed and let him go. Now, I don't believe he said, okay, all this other money you gave me to try, that you cleaned out everything to, to try and pay this debt, okay, I'm going to give you all that back. I think he went in and said, okay, I'm collecting, I got all I could get, but I'm going to forgive the remainder of what you owe me. So now he left there, I believe, in the story, and this is a parable, but I'm putting in conjecture in there. I believe he left there with no money in his pockets. And he can't go to Wendy's for lunch. I mean, he, he just can't make it. Or Chick-fil-A, he can't, just can't make it through that, okay? So then, verse 28, then that, mat, that server went out and found someone who owed him a hundred silver coins. So again, conjecture. I believe that he's sitting there where he doesn't have any money. He can't even go and buy anything at the store. He can't put a gallon of gas in his car. He can't do anything. He went to somebody who owed him money. And said, okay, now I need you to pay me back. And it says he began to choke him. Man, what a, a, a story that is painted here by Jesus. He puts his hands on his throat and starts shaking him, saying, pay me what you owe me, he said. Now, he did owe him that. And that's, you know, he's trying to collect his money as well. Then the other servant fell on his knees and said the same words, give me time. And begged him and says, I'll pay it back. So here's someone doesn't owe him nearly as much as he owed, but he's trying to collect. I get, again, I believe because he didn't have anything on him right then. And he's trying to collect. It's like, okay, I don't have any money at all. Let me, let me get this. And he was so wicked, verse 30, he refused. Instead, he went and had the man thrown into prison. So here the man said the same words to 
him that he had been told to the king when he owed this great sum of money and where the king had pardoned him and took what he had and pardoned the rest, he did not carry through the same thing. And he required that the man would be held there until he could pay back what he owed. And I'll just say as a, as a, as a pause right there, that was the way it worked back then. That if, if you couldn't pay a debt, they could have, whoever you owed the money to could have you and your wife and your children all put into slave labor to earn just pennies on the dollar. And you would keep working there until you were able to pay back what was owed. So this wasn't something out of the ordinary. In fact, this is what the king was going to have done to him. Verse 31, then the other servants saw what had happened and they were very angry. Have you ever watched somebody and you saw how they maybe had mercy on them and they turned around and did something similar and they went back and, and did this, the same things that they were doing, they caught someone else with and they didn't give them any mercy and does it make you mad? You're like, man, that's just not right. We see many injustices and we, we just get so upset about it. They went and told their master everything that had happened. Verse 32. Then the master called to the first servant and said, You are evil. I forgave all that you owed me because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have shown mercy on the other servant just as I had had mercy on you? In his anger, his master handed him over to the jailers. So he, where he had forgiven him the debt, he turned around and said, okay, now I'm going to put all of that back on you. And he would be punished until he paid everything. 10,000 bags of gold. Everything he owed. Jesus says, this is how my Father in heaven will treat each of you Unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Now, we just saw a, a parable by Jesus about money. 10,000 bags of gold. 100 silver coins. And we can, we can look at that and we can ascribe value to it. And I don't know how much that bag of gold was worth then compared to what it would be worth today. But we see and can understand it's an astronomical number. But look at what the question was that prompted Jesus' response. At the beginning of this, in, Peter, in first, verse 21, excuse me. Then Peter came to him, Jesus, and asked, How often should I forgive someone, look at this, who sins against me? And, and I've talked about this several times. Previously, Jesus had had a conversation with them and said, hey, don't just forgive them once or twice, but forgive them seven times. So Peter thought he had the right answer by saying, seven times, question mark? The question is about forgiveness, about someone who has sinned against me. You see, so many, so many times we, we think of the word sin as being a religious word and something that is just this, oh, I sinned on how terrible am I, this wet blanket. But no, this was a common word for them, which could mean offense. Someone who had done something wrong against you. Some, all these different other things that we would understand and say, man, you did me wrong. That's the context. Peter is asking, how often should I forgive someone who's done me wrong? 
seven times? And Jesus replied, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. And I believe that Jesus was doing this gigantic number there so that it's not to say, okay, you count out to 490, and man, then you can just let them have it. Then you can go after them. And the Bible says that the mercies of God are new every day. So this should be in one day. So 70 times 7 in one day. It's not to keep track. He gave you this ridiculous number to let you know there's no way that you can keep track of it. But again, the word sin in this parable was used not in a religious sense, but it was given so we would be able to understand it. And then the analogies Jesus gave was the, the values were in money. See, it's a lot easier for us to, say, to know when someone owes me money and someone has sinned against me and someone has offended me or has hurt me. It's a, much easier to do the math, if I can say it like that, with a monetary amount. Because if you just say, oh, you don't know how much they hurt me, how do you quantify that? How do you put that into something I can understand and relate to you? But man, if I put a monetary amount amount on that, I can understand that. And Jesus gave an analogy, not by someone that had done them really wrong, to say, wow, this was really difficult for this person, but the same thing happened to someone else. It might not be as bad or it might be worse. He gave an analogy with money. Jesus said, this is the analogy, the picture I want to paint for you. And then he went on to say, this is how Father God views this. See, we owed the 10,000 bags of gold in the amount of sins that we just, there's no way we could pay for them. And if we were turned over to, to pay for our own sins, it would take us all of our lifetime. We still could not do it. It is impossible to pay that back. And he goes, okay, I'm going to forgive you. But then if you turn around and you go after somebody and you don't forgive them having been forgiven, wow. We see that monetary value, but it's really easy for us to then translate that into me forgiving my brother, me receiving forgiveness. Jesus is always telling us um, how to live the, the right life, and the rest of the Gospels in the, in the New Testament is about that. In Ephesians 4, it's teaching us how to live the right life. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, and, and as well as all types of evil behavior. And here's where I want to go. Instead, be kind. And I highlighted that word kind because that's the word we're going to start looking at for the remainder of our time. This is a word that is not just like, oh, that's nice. But it is being nice on purpose. Be kind. But here it says, be kind to each other, tenderhearted. Now it's describing how you do that forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. In the NIRV it says, get rid of all hard feelings, anger and rage and stop fighting and lying. Don't have anything to do with any 
kind of hatred. And I love that. I mean, what's going on in our world today, it's always been this way, but it's so much more stoked up is the hatred and this one against a brother and this one. And, and, and there's so much. Get rid of every form of hatred. But verse 32, but be kind. There's that word again. And tender to one another. Forgive one another. See, be kind goes right into forgive. See, I can't be kind to you if I haven't forgiven you. If I'm still holding on to something in my heart, I'm going to have a difficulty with being kind to you. Just as God forgave you because of what Christ has done. First Peter verse 2 says, Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and all hypocrisy and evil and all slander, like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word so that you may grow in respect to salvation. And that word salvation literally means deliverance. And that you want to find freedom and you want to just live the kind of life where you're not bound to what yesterday was pulling you down. And that's where forgiveness comes in. That's where you say, hey, I'm turning my back on everything that has hurt me and all of these bad things. And if you could put a monetary amount to that and say, wait, I'm going to forgive that whole amount. So that you may grow in respect to salvation or deliverance and finding freedom in your life. Verse 3, if you've tasted, and there's that word again, the kindness of the Lord. See, if that's the Lord being kind to you when you owe the 10,000 bags of gold, that there's no way to pay it. That's how we have our sins. That's the, the ways that we've missed it, that we haven't done what God expects of us to live. We've fallen short, it says in the Bible. Last couple of weeks, we've talked about Psalm 34, and it ends with taste and see that the Lord is good. Hey, can I just tell you, it's the same thing. Taste the kindness of of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15 says, don't let anybody fool you. Here's that same word again. Bad companions make a kind, the same exact word, or a good person, bad. Don't let anybody fool you. You can be trying to walk the good life that God has for you. You can be a good or kind person. You can be forgiven. But if you're staying and keeping companionship with people who are not, it's going to corrupt you and it's going to make even a kind person. It's the exact same word we just saw. Person. Bad. I love the next verse. says, you should come back to your senses and stop sinning. That cracks me up. Hey, man, it's like God is smacking you upside the head. It's like, hey, you should come back to your senses and stop missing it. Some of you don't know anything about God. Again, that just makes me laugh. Because if you really knew, if you're really in your senses, if you really knew about God, you would have tasted and seen of his kindness. Let that be the kindness that you're showing to other people, forgiving them and loving them and being kind and respectful to them. In Luke chapter 6, it says, but love your enemies. Can I just tell you, this is not something that comes natural to any one of us. 
Love your enemies. Do good to them. Man, it's one thing to say, okay, I love them. I'm not going to have nothing to do with them. No, you're supposed to love them. Do good to them. And lend to them. Wait, wait, hold on. Time out. God, you're telling me I'm supposed to lend to my enemies? I'm supposed to, uh, no, 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 that can't be in the Bible. Well, it's right there in Luke 6, 35. Lend to them, your enemies, without expecting anything back. Can I tell you, that's the love of God. And only with the love of God can you do that. Because we look at everything and say, hey, if I loan you a hundred silver coins, Jack, I better get a hundred silver coins back with interest. He says, no, without expecting anything back. Then you'll receive a lot in return, not from them, but from God. And you will be children of the Most High. And look at this. He is kind. There's that word again. He is kind to people who are evil and are not thankful. See, there are people that will be around you that are your enemies, and they're evil, and they aren't thankful. They're not nice to you. But God is still kind to them. God was still kind to me. Another scripture says that even while we were yet sinners, even while we were still far away from God, he loved us. He was kind to us. Verse 36, so have mercy just as your father has mercy. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, come to me, Jesus is saying, all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Again, he's trying to show us a different way to live. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from me. Jesus is saying, learn from me. Can I tell you, learn from Jesus. And then he says, I am gentle and humble in heart. Look at this. And if you're used to texting, if you're a part of this younger generation, you know that if it's in all caps, it's like you're yelling. Look at this. This is in all caps. And you will find rest for your souls. He's like, man, come on. Try me. Try walking a godly life. You'll find rest. Everybody's looking for rest. Verse 30 says, for my yoke is easy. That word easy is the same exact word we've been looking at. Kind. It's the same exact word. Referenced, being kind, being gentle. From my yoke, he's like, I'm going to be easy on you. I'm going to be kind to you. And my burden is light. Another version of that says, come to me. All you are tired and carrying your heavy loads because I will give you rest. Become my servants. He's like, hey, give me a shot and learn from me. I'm gentle and free of pride. And you will find rest from your souls. Here's that same word again. Serving me, and I love this. Serving me is easy. Same word. Kindness. Kind. Serving God is easy. Is it all the rules? It isn't all the, you got to do this, you got to stop. No, no, it, it's, it's easy. His load is light. Try God. Taste and see. Romans 2 says, verse 1, if you judge someone, you have no excuse for it. There's no reason. Another place says, judge not. Don't judge. 
Because then you'll be judged yourself. Because it says when you judge another person, you're judging yourself. The old adage, if you point the finger at somebody, you got three pointing back at you. That's what this is saying. When you judge another person, you're just judging yourself because you do the same things you blame others for doing. Isn't that the same thing we started with the parable that Jesus gave at the beginning of this message? This man owed all this money and he couldn't pay it. And he was pardoned and he went to the guy that owed him money and he put his hands around his throat, started choking him. He did the same thing. Same thing happens to us. Verse 2. We know that God judges those who do evil things and he judges fairly. Verse 3. Though you are only human beings, you judge others. Man, you shouldn't be judging. I shouldn't be judging. Only God can judge. But you yourself do the same things. How do you think it'll work out for you? I'll say it that way. How do you think you'll escape when God judges you? Because we're all going to stand before God. Verse 4. Do you disrespect God's great kindness and favor? And do you disrespect God when he is patient with you? Last week we just saw how love is patient. If you didn't watch it, you didn't see it, I encourage you to go back and watch it and, and see all the different things. It is how God's love is with all of us. Do you disrespect God when he's patient with you? And look at this. Don't you realize that God, there's that word again, God's kindness is meant to turn you away from your sins. Peter asked Jesus, how many times do I forgive my brother when he sins against me? And Jesus immediately went into the parable about money. Something we can relate to. But you see, it says God's kindness is meant. He's got a purpose of being kind to you and being merciful to you and to me. It's to turn you away from missing it. In the NASB, it says, Do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness leads you to repentance? And that word repentance simply means to change your mind and your purpose and where you can live the world's way. And we talk about it all the time. God's like, no, there's a better life. And you've got to change your mind. You've got to change your purpose and start walking towards me. And Jesus says, hey, will you learn from me? Will you read your Bible? Will you do 21 days of prayer and just see what I have for you? Please bow your heads. Today we see that several things, and starting with, we owed a debt. Our sins, our missing it was the most paramount thing. That's a, it's a debt that I could never pay even though I would be in, in bondage forever. I could never get out. We see that there's people who owe us. And God's kindness is here for you and for me. But his purpose is for leading us to a place where he desires for us. Repentance is not the religious word that is just this bad thing that somebody's smacking you against the face. Simply means a change. I just told you the definition. A change of your purpose and a change of your direction. Can I ask it like this? Are you ready for a change? You know, this has two levels today. First of all, you may have never asked God to come in. 
You may have never surrendered or giving up doing it your own way or simply put it, surrendered to God. That's the first step. That's the very first thing you do is recognize that he's been so kind to you with the purpose of trying to bring you in, to teach you, to teach all of us. And the second point gets every one of us, that he continues to lead us into this place of being free from yesterday to find freedom, to find deliverance, to find salvation that is where yesterday is no longer today. That today looks better than yesterday and it keeps growing as I keep going further and further with God. So today I want to invite you, regardless of where you find yourself, whether you feel near to God, maybe you feel distant, or maybe you feel very far from God, Regardless, I want to invite you to take this step and pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, right now I choose to give up doing it my way. I surrender my life to you. I ask you to forgive me for every time I've missed it. I receive your new life. Thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. And the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer, Lord. If it's the very first time, or Lord, many of them coming back, coming back, say, God, I, I walked away from your kindness. Or maybe it's many people like myself who maybe grew up in the church and have experienced your kindness, but Lord, we need to put this in reference to how we deal with other people. Lord, I pray all of us will take that next step to go further into following you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer with us for the first time or maybe you're coming back to God, I, I would like to invite you to take the next step and that's simply to text the word CONNECT to 469-289-1114 and it's nothing big it's just our communication how we'll be able to communicate with you and let you know what your next steps are if you'd like to do that and I encourage you to invite somebody to come along with you and to take this journey with you maybe you want to copy this URL and send it to them or share it on your Facebook or invite somebody because we're all better together let's close in prayer Father God I just thank you for what you're doing in each one of us Lord, your kindness that is there for each one of us, and you don't ever give up on us. The Lord, that even while we were still sinning and we had no interest at all in you, you still loved us and you were still doing the right things for us. Lord, I, I thank you for that. And Lord, I thank you for this message that's challenging for me and I believe for many others. We give you all of this. Lord, I thank you for everyone who's paid their tithes. And Lord, for everyone that contributed to offerings for the special offering we had this week to help someone out. Lord, I just thank you for every one of those. And Lord, for everyone who's participating. Lord, everyone's getting ready for 21 days of prayer. Lord, for everyone who's taking this journey with us, I speak your blessing upon them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Watch to the end for ways that you can connect with us and give.